Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Today is Saturday, July 4th, 2020. On this day in 2002, four-year-old Denaria Finley disappeared from her home in Orange, Texas. Residents of Orange rallied together in the search for Denaria. But after four days, they discovered that she was the victim of a horrific murder. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the kidnapping and murder of Denaria Finley. Let's go back to the early hours of July 4th, 2002, to a little house in Orange, Texas. Twenty-six-year-old Jamie Arnold got back to her modest home on 4th Street at 1.30 a.m. The busy woman had finished her shift at her job an hour earlier, but her day's work wasn't over yet. That's because she had several children in tow. Jamie was watching three of her sister's children that night, in addition to her own young daughters. She put them to bed and fell asleep then woke up around 4 a.m. and checked on them before returning to bed. It had been a long day, and Jamie undoubtedly deserved a few hours of peace and quiet. Sadly, it would be the last good night's sleep Jamie Arnold would get for a while. When Jamie woke up at 10 a.m. on July 4th, the sleepy kids she'd put to bed the night before were all already up, laughing and playing. All except one, her four-year-old daughter, Denaria Deshawn Finley, who was nowhere to be found. Jamie set off to search the block, thinking the little girl had snuck out to play. The neglected neighborhood was somewhat dangerous, and sweet-natured Denaria was shy around strangers. But Jamie's friends and relatives lived close by, and her kids often played outside unattended. So maybe Denaria was just at a friend's. After three hours and no luck, Jamie Arnold finally called the police. They arrived at her house around 1 p.m. to assess the situation and learned a troubling fact. Jamie often left her house's door unlocked overnight. She explained that her mother was a frequent visitor and she'd leave the house open for her convenience. It's unknown whether Jamie had done so in the early hours of July 4th, but if she had, this act of trust may have contributed to Denaria's disappearance. Police contacted Denaria's father, Johnny Edwards, who lived over the nearby border between Texas and Louisiana. Johnny was planning to drive down that day to see Denaria for a holiday full of fun and fireworks, and police thought he might have picked her up early. However, Johnny was blindsided by the news and quickly raced to Orange to help. 
Though the July 4th weekend was supposed to be a joyful holiday, the city of Orange was drawn into an intense search. Temperatures hit triple digits, but that didn't stop the police, the FBI, and over 200 volunteers from hunting through houses, highways, and the Sabine River for signs of Denaria. Denaria's parents did their part too. Jamie made a public plea for information about her daughter's whereabouts, while Johnny pledged to give his vintage 1980s car to anyone who could help end this nightmare. Denaria's parents were desperate to find her, but that wouldn't happen for three more days. At 8.30 a.m. on Monday, July 8th, a team of U.S. Army Corps engineers were conducting routine waterway maintenance on Pleasure Island, a popular place for fishing and yachting. A pipeline inspector was distracted by an alligator floating by in the water, but his eyes were soon drawn to an even more unnerving sight. In a ditch by the water was a pink and yellow blanket with something wrapped up inside. He quickly realized it was a child's body. The inspector called the police who arrived with the FBI. The body was partially decomposed and they couldn't immediately identify the child. So they had the body sent off for analysis. Police then went to Jamie Arnold's house to inform her of the discovery. A shocked Jamie insisted the body wasn't her daughter's, but sadly, preliminary evidence suggested otherwise. The child they found wore the same outfit that Denaria wore on July 4th, purple shorts, a white shirt with flowers on it, and braids in her hair. On Wednesday, July 10th, Officials confirmed the body was four-year-old Denaria. It was a terrible tragedy, and things only got worse when Jamie and Johnny learned about the way their daughter died. Up next, the Texas police begin the hunt for a murderer, and suspicion is even cast on Denaria's mother. Now, back to the story. In the early morning of July 4, 2002, four-year-old Denaria Finley disappeared from her home in Orange, Texas, while her mother slept. The search lasted until Monday, July 8, when Army engineers found Denaria's body wrapped in a blanket and tossed into a ditch 27 miles away. On July 10, police revealed the tragic cause of Denaria's death. Denaria was sexually assaulted, then strangled. It's unknown whether these horrific events happened on Pleasure Island, where she was found, but it was clear her killer dumped her body with a plan. They likely knew the ditch she was found in was often dredged and filled by the Army engineers, and it's possible that the engineers would have accidentally buried Denaria there if they hadn't noticed her body first. One of the only silver linings is the fact that Denaria's parents were able to give her a proper burial. Denaria was buried a few days later at Mount Zion Baptist Church, just weeks before what would have been her fifth birthday on July 22nd. Her family wore pink ribbons with her initials on them, and over 700 locals came to mourn. 
As Denaria's family dealt with their grief, the police and the FBI dove into their investigation to find her killer. Over 60 police officers, FBI agents, and Texas Rangers made up the task force dedicated to solving Denaria's murder. By July 10th, the team had received many tips from locals about possible suspects, but none of them panned out. Investigators recovered footprints, fingerprints, and fibers from Pleasure Island and Denaria's house, but couldn't tie the evidence to anyone. The sheet that hid her body did not come from her home, so it may have belonged to the killer, too. The samples were sent off for FBI analysis, while police continued efforts locally by questioning Denaria's neighbors and relatives. By late July, the police became fairly certain about two things. First, the killer was likely an amateur, given how much evidence was left behind. Second, the killer may have been someone Denaria knew, which would help explain why she didn't make any noise while being taken. At this point, everyone was still a suspect, including Denaria's mother, Jamie. While she was obviously grief-stricken, new questions arose about the role she may have unwittingly played in her daughter's death. There were already lingering questions about whether Jamie left her door unlocked on the night of July 4th. Things got even more complicated when investigators learned that Jamie had very recently been investigated by Child Protective Services for neglectful parenting. It's important to note that the investigation was still open, and the feeling was that it would not have resulted in a severe outcome. CPS would have probably just sent Jamie to parenting workshops, but Denaria's murder changed all of that. Jamie was now a possible suspect, whose lax home security may have led to Denaria's death. Child Protective Services had to take action. Jamie's surviving daughters were sent to live with foster families until Jamie could be cleared, which only added to her heartbreak. By August 2002, flyers with Denaria's face on them plastered the city of Orange, and the reward for capturing her killer climbed to $50,000. The police spent thousands of hours pursuing all avenues, but were still unable to pin down a specific suspect. They received the DNA results from the evidence, but all it confirmed was that the killer was likely male. Police questioned over 40 local sex offenders, who may have been familiar with Denaria after seeing her play in local parks. However, they were never able to match any of the DNA samples found on Denaria to those men. In 2004, Jamie Arnold was cleared of suspicion and her Child Protective Services case was dismissed. And she soon moved away from Orange. The house Denaria was taken from was destroyed by Hurricane Rita in 2005. Today, it's gone just like the little girl who once played inside it. By 2004, police narrowed their suspect list down to one man, who lived a few miles away from Denaria's house at the time of her murder. However, the district attorney didn't feel they had enough DNA evidence to prosecute, so police were never able to pursue the man. Frustratingly, they also weren't allowed to reveal the suspect's identity to the public. 
The hunt for Denaria's killer is still ongoing, and as recently as 2019, the Orange Police Department planned to test the DNA evidence using improved techniques. Their hope is that eventually, new technology will allow them to solve an old crime. If she had survived, Denaria Finley would be in her 20s today. Orange residents fondly remember the shy little girl nicknamed Fat Legs, and in a recent interview, her kindergarten teacher wondered what she'd be like as a young woman. Denaria's murder remains unsolved, but not forgotten. Though July 4th is a time of celebration for most of the country, it remains a painful reminder to the citizens of Orange, Texas, that the saddest things can happen on the happiest days. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories like this, check out ParCast Original Unsolved Murders. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Joshua Kern. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Amin Osman, with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime.